When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. Hi, everyone. This is Joe Krause of Jacob Media Partners with an incredible amount of gratitude. I want to thank the WPHT radio listening audience for embracing and listening to a lot of great programming on the weekends right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Shows like Beer, Chips, and Politics, The Labor Show, Good News in Real Estate, and the Lawyer to Lawyer Network. Then there's my favorites, Voices of Faith with Jim Brown, Roadmap to Retirement, the radio show and the Sunday night weekly special, Women to Watch. From labor to medical to legal and everywhere in between, Jacob Media is proud to provide this great audience with exceptional programming. On behalf of everyone involved with Jacob Media, happy holidays. Oh, I almost forgot. Presented by Ocean Casino and Resort. Go for the live shows, go for the win. This is Women to Watch. I don't think you can truly change for the better in a lasting, meaningful way unless it is driven by self-acceptance. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's so great to be back with all of you. Uh, Before we get started, a brief reminder to stay with us during the breaks, where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of corporate partners, bringing you news and education from their companies and their industries. And we continue to be so grateful for their sponsorship and the valuable content that they bring to the show each and every week. If you're interested in being a part of the show, feel free to to email taylor at womentowatch.net for more information. That's taylor at women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. And as always, don't forget to sign up for the podcast and our newsletter to stay in the loop on the show. Now, I am so thrilled and excited to welcome to the show Laurie Ann Ainsworth. She is the CEO of the Richard Branson Center of Entrepreneurship, Caribbean. She is also a self-discovery coach and a speaker. 
And I'm very grateful to have her with us tonight to share her life story. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, you know, we spoke, it seems like a long time ago, and um, there's so much I want to bring to our listeners um, stemming from your life story. And so much of what you're doing, I think, is um, the path that you took is so important for women to understand that they don't have to kind of figure out their life from the beginning and and stay there. Um, Tell me a little bit, let's start with your childhood, um, growing up in Jamaica, but prior to the age of eight. Tell me about the community and your your family. Okay, yeah. So we're going way back. And yeah, it has been such a long time since we spoke, but um, yeah, I grew up in Kingston, Jamaica, um, a family of five kids and it was a very interesting time prior to eight um i was a very you know we didn't come from a wealthy family um but there was a so much love particularly with my sisters and my brothers and we just created that kind of community amongst ourselves um eight came along and um, my father left my house left my family and um Things shifted a lot for me. Um, As you can imagine, an eight-year-old, I didn't know that he was leaving. I didn't know what was happening. And a few years later, my brother died, my bigger brother. And needless to say, my childhood shifted dramatically. I went from being this kid who just loved to laugh a lot and who just loved, you know, this... I love laughing, you know, and I can remember I did another interview and they're like, you know, what is it that you lost and you got back? And I was like, my laugh. And I didn't oh. realize it until that moment that, you know, my laugh was so important to me and I love people who are humorous and that was just so important. And I lost my laugh, lost my laughter mm-hmm. um, when those two traumatic events happened in my life as a child. And when that happened, of course, that trauma brought with it, you know, lack of self-love, thinking, you know, did my father leave because I wasn't lovable? You know, my brother who also left this world in a different way, you know, why do bad things happen to me? I'm a victim, you know? And so that that idea of not being loved and being a victim was something that I carried throughout my life thereafter. And <clears throat> that is what my childhood kind of was like. I don't know if I should get into how I overcame it yet, but that well, kind yeah. of what happened. Yeah, I think those, you know, whenever... We're, we're sharing someone's story. Those are two very, very impactful things that happened in your life. Yeah. And as you and I have spoken about before, you know, everything about who we are is connected directly to the beginning, you know, yeah. our childhood. So can you talk about those are two separate things. So your dad leaving and your brother dying, how did they impact you differently? Yeah. So um, as I said, my with my father leaving, it was kind of like um, you you lose the love of a male figure, and this was for me as a girl, as a woman, um, you lose that unconditional love that you get from a male figure. And I never had that. And it affected me in my adulthood. I didn't realize it with relationships. But I lost that ability to have that kind of unconditional love. And you, the love that you, your self-love comes, I think, a lot from what children get from their parents or from their environment. And because it's something that I didn't have and I had to learn it. So that was how that impacted me. It impacted my relationships. It impacted my, my, my self-worth. Um, with my brother, no, I felt like bad things happened to me, right? I couldn't see how 
I could be in charge of my life because things has happened. So for a lot of the time, I didn't take 100% responsibility for my life. If something bad happened, I could blame somebody else because I could blame the situation. This, this is what happens to me. And so out of that negative, those two negative experiences or that trauma, it was happening for me and I can look at it now and see how it happened for me instead of to me. And that I had to learn about self-love after, you know, healing from the trauma of my father and realizing that that was his battle. That was his path. That wasn't mine. It had nothing to do with me. And that I needed to learn about self-love. And I went on my healing path. And I can talk about that later, maybe. But that, that experience allowed me to stop looking for love in other people not looking for love, look, not looking for relationships to validate me or to fill a void. And I realized that I had done that, not just with male relationships, with other relationships, but you know, expecting someone else to make you happy mm-hmm. because you can't do it on your own. And yeah. so I got that from you know, that experience with my father. I know that I can look back um, and heal from it. And it takes a long time. It's a process or it was a process for me. Um, with my brother, um, again, you know, I did a lot of self-sabotage thinking that, you know, look at me, poor me, help me because, you know, I am somebody who is a victim. I don't take charge of my life. I take what's handed to me. You kind of stay in that survival mode when you feel like you're a victim because that's a role that you've given to yourself. And so, you know, the role of everyone else is somebody else needs to rescue me. Someone else needs to save me or, um, you know, I can't take charge of my life. I can't make decisions. I'm waiting for life to happen to me. So I can remember, you know, stories of being at school and wanting to go to the sick bay to the nurse just to cry my eyes out and have somebody acknowledge me and see me and, and, and see my pain. Even when the pain wasn't there, I, you know, I would think about something to bring the pain back so that I could stay in victim mode. So, um, you know, being with my brother in that way, that experience with my brother taught me that I can take charge of my life. I can be 100% responsible. Bad things happen. It doesn't mean that that is who I am. I don't have to give myself that title or that role of victim. And I can move past it and I can choose. I can choose what I want. And that's what I did moving forward. Isn't it a shame? It's so common, I think, um, for the things in our lives to happen when we're young and then we don't recognize until much later um, how that connects everything we do and think and how we make choices, right? It's it's such a lifelong process. And I, I actually, when, we're going to go into a break. When we come back, I want to talk to you because next week my guest on the show is, is Dr. Bruce Perry. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He co-authored a book uh, with Oprah Winfrey called What Happened to You. And it's all about helping children recognize at that age that something has happened and not allowing that to change their trajectory. Um, it's going to be really fascinating. And I, and I have a couple of questions for you about that. Um, we're going to go into our first break. Stay with us and I'll be back with Laurie Ann Ainsworth, again, the CEO of the Richard Branson Center of Entrepreneurship. Our watch team's coming right up. Now the women to watch, Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Lung cancer 
the number one cause of cancer death in men and women, leading to 25% of all cancer deaths. In fact, lung cancer causes more deaths than breast, prostate, colorectal, and brain cancers combined. This morning on Your Radio Doctor, we spoke with Dr. Jamie Garfield from the renowned Temple Lung Center. Smoking accounts for about 90% of lung cancer cases and risk increases with the dose and duration of tobacco use. We call this pack years, the number of packs you've smoked per day times the number of years you've smoked. So a person who has smoked two packs a day for 15 years has a 30 pack year history. The sooner you quit, the more you reduce your risk and it's never too late to quit. Other points to remember, cigar and pipe smoke also increase your risk of lung cancer. Low tar cigarettes have just as much risk. Menthol, it makes it less uncomfortable, so smokers breathe more deeply and menthols are more addictive. So menthol smokers often smoke more intensely and longer than smokers of traditional cigarettes. The second leading cause is secondhand smoke, often in people who never smoke themselves and long exposure can begin as early as childhood. Another leading cause in the U.S. is exposure to radon, a gas from breakdown of uranium in soil and rocks. can be found in homes and buildings, especially basements. So get your home tested. Other causes? Asbestos. Working in mines, textile plants, shipyards. Made worse if you also smoke. Radiation to the chest for other cancers like Hodgkin's lymphoma can also increase risk. The big message? There's now screening for lung cancer. One national study and another from Denmark looked at thousands of patients and proved that a low-dose CAT scan exam can prevent death from lung cancer. Find cancer when it's early and curable. Until 2014, those included were ages 55 through 80 with a 30-pack year history. Now, in 2021, there's enough data to begin screening adults at age 50 with only a 20-pack year history. Listen to the entire show on yourradiodoctor.com. Learn more about lung cancer screening and what centers have it. Visit www.lung.org, that's the American Lung Association. And remember, divas, in with the good air, out with the bad air. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm speaking with Laurie Ann Ainsworth this evening, and she's the CEO of the Richard Branson Center of Entrepreneurship, Caribbean, um, from Jamaica. And I know that the um, the headquarters is there, yeah. but the center, which we will talk about at some point, you know, um, serves all of the Caribbean and doing some great work, especially for women. Um, but I want to continue with your journey, yeah. and and I wanted to ask you what you know you went off um, to start your life, and you went off to school. What kind of student were you oh my gosh I was I was such a good student like again you know we were just talking even in the break about you know these things that affect you and the person that you become because of what happened to you I became a perfectionist I became a people pleaser and so my life was now I need to do things perfectly right I need mm. to be loved and I need to do everything in my power to make myself more lovable so I'm going to be a good student I'm going to work very hard and I'm going to do my best. So I went on the very straight and narrow. As a matter of fact, I did not like entrepreneurship. I know. That was so like <laughs> I was like, that's too that's risky. Okay. Yeah. That's too risky. Yeah. That's I scary. To be, yeah, it's scary. You know, I was just like yeah. completely against entrepreneurship. I was like, I want to go get a good job. I want mm-hmm. to, you know, get married. Which you did. I did. Yep. I got a job and I ended up in pursuit of having it all 
that idea of having it all, um, I burnt myself out. Chronic stress, fatigue got me to the point where I, well, I had just become a new mom for the first time. And that was a point at which I said, you know, I'm actually going to leave this and I'm going to become an entrepreneur. Surprise, surprise, because I wanted to spend more time with my family. I wanted to do the, be the perfect mother who is there and who can earn. And I thought entrepreneurship would be the path. Um, and I went further away from what I actually wanted when I did make that jump. Left my good, cushy mm. corporate job, um, which is just crazy too. Very uncharacteristic of me. Very risky. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Was the, Can I ask you, Laurieann, yes. was there a breaking point? Was there a moment, you know, that moved you to, to that decision? There was. Um, very interestingly, I remember coming back from maternity leave and I was talking to a manager there and the manager said to me, you know, if you really want to grow and become a great manager in this corporate world, the best thing you can do is get a stay-at-home nanny and stay at work late. And I was floored and I thought and I think I don't think he was coming from a bad place like you know this was this person's idea of this is how you can climb the ladder this is how you can attain success and I thought that sounded like the worst thing in the world to me Mm. freedom and fulfillment are very close to my heart Um, I am a free spirit even though I was very you know at the time, someone who didn't like to take risks, which which wasn't my true self, but um, my soul wanted to be free. My soul wanted to have the ability to be at home and, and see my daughter and be at home with my family. And so that was a breaking point for me. And I said, okay, nope, if that's what success is going to mean for me, I don't want it. Mm. And so I left. Um, and when I did start doing that entrepreneurship path, burning out, I actually reached to a point where I had to stop everything because I'd reached a burnout. Burnout is chronic stress. And when you are burnt out, you can't do anything. And I literally reached to that point and I actually went in the opposite direction. I went and I went on a healing path. I became, I learned Reiki, a Japanese healing modality. I went. Was that during your time in, in South Korea? Um, no, this was after okay. South Korea, right? I had gone to South okay. Korea before I had kids. I missed out that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember talking about that. That's okay. Um, but yeah, I went on a healing journey so much so that I became a Reiki master, a yoga teacher, a health coach, a life coach. I was just doing every single healing modality and learning it to the best of my ability um, to heal. And then when mm. I had found that peace, when I when I connected spiritually to what I needed to connect with, I was able to come back into the work world and I felt like, okay, it was time. And that's when um, I got back into the entrepreneurship space. And soon after I was at the Branson Center um, working and I had to go on that path in order to find myself again. And it was very interesting. And maybe we might have to talk about this later, but I found self-care And I realized that self-care wasn't enough. I actually had to find self-awareness later on in my journey. But self-care was my first step. And Mm. I needed it. It's what I needed to heal. And I didn't heal the trauma yet from my father, my brother. That happened later on in life. Actually, that happened for me recently while 
being the CEO of the Branson Center. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's that was my next question for you, because I think that, th- as you said, you know, uh, healing comes after the discovery. Getting to know who we are is the most important piece. And I would imagine you needed to uncover and recognize what these triggers are for you that um, allow you to to work to the point of burnout and that it would be tied directly, you know, to um, your dad leaving and losing your brother. Um, It's interesting to me that you went on this path of healing, but only recently discovered that connection. Yeah, because I think it is a path. And I think that the, what we feel like we go and we do you know, some healing, that it heals everything. Healing is a journey. <clears throat> and if you acknowledge a journey and you are, accept the path, then that was like my experience, at least. It continues to un- unfold for you. There was at no point mm. that, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm fixed. Boom. Right, perfect. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I look at your life today and I wonder, you're the you're CEO of a major organization and you're an entrepreneur and you're still a mother. Yes. So you're, do you ever find yourself slipping back into, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm spreading myself too thin? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because, you know, and I say this to it's a remembering every single day. It's yeah. a practice every single day and nobody's yeah. perfect. And I yeah. certainly am not. I'm, I mean, even during COVID, managing a company, a big organization like Richard Branson's company in the Caribbean. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. During a That's pandemic. a lot of responsibility. It's a yeah. lot, you know, yeah. um, and being yeah. a mom with two young kids who are homeschooling now, you know, oh, wow. and managing a team that's completely remote and managing their lives. And, and, you know, when you are a CEO or manager, when you manage people, it's not just the work, you know, it's, it's people. And so, you know, most of my time is also spent talking to these people about their lives and what's going on with mm. them, you know? And so you yeah. take that baggage with you. So it's been very, it's been a lot. Um, and I continue to go on my path of self-discovery. And that's what happened for me when I became a CEO, actually a coach of mine, a mentor was like, you know, I'm going to help you transition into mm. this role. And it was, I thought I was getting help to be a better CEO, you know, to be a good CEO, but what I actually got was self-awareness. That's when I did the healing and, you know, help, healed from the trauma with my father and my brother. I didn't know that's what I was about to do. Hmm. Hold that thought. Yes. We're going to go into our next break and we'll continue the conversation when we come back. Uh, I'm joined by Laurie Ann Ainsworth. Stay with us for our watch team and we'll be right back. Now the women to watch. Military watch. The holiday wreath rests upon a fallen warrior's headstone. Their time on watch is complete, and now they can peacefully rest. The woven evergreens represent their steadfast devotion. The garlands ring a reminder that their service lives on, and the red bow a humble symbol of our love for them. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military and Veteran Affairs at Comcast, NBC Universal. 
Each December, on National Wreaths Across America Day, volunteers across the nation and abroad participate in wreath-laying ceremonies at Arlington National Cemetery, as well as at more than 2,500 additional locations in all 50 states, at sea and abroad. Organized by Wreaths Across America, these moments remember those who defended us, honor their commitment to our nation, and teach others about service and sacrifice through their example. Comcast NBC Universal is a corporate partner of Wreaths Across America, which is taking place this year on Saturday, December 18th. Hundreds of our teammates from all across the country will come together to honor service members that we've lost through the generations with the laying of wreaths at the grave sites. Anyone is welcome to support a fallen hero's wreath and also to participate in wreath-laying efforts. So I invite you to join the Wreaths Across America mission as we enter the season of giving. To learn more and get involved, please visit Wreaths Across America. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined this evening by Laurie Ann Ainsworth, and we're talking a lot about her her discovery of the importance of self-care and healing. And um, I wanted to share a quote. I think this is really important. And um, in one of the articles that I read, you said, although I now had the tools to manage stress, the situations that triggered the stress in the first place continued to exist. And I knew I needed to do more work. Where are you today in um, recognizing what those triggers are and how quickly are you able to pull yourself out of a space where you're having that old angst. Yeah, that was such a big turning point for me because, you know, I thought, yeah, I'm good now. You know, I have all these tools. I know what to do. I'm a teacher. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a this teacher. You know, I should be the one to help people with it. Um, But again, you know, these triggers kept happening. And that's when I realized that, I wasn't in alignment with myself and I have these four S's that I, this framework that I discovered from doing a lot of research, and a lot of work. The first one is self-awareness, understanding what environment is the right place for me based on my personality. And I realized that um, in work that I had done previously, I wasn't in the right environment And so I had put myself in a situation that wasn't allowing me to shine my strengths because the right environment gives you um, autonomy over your space, gives you autonomy over the work that you want to do, but it also helps you to pull out your strength, your zone of genius. I'm sure people have heard about that term before. I love that. I love it. And I think it is, you know, I've heard it so many times before, but I didn't get it until I got it. And when I got that, zone of genius. I could stop pretending to be someone else. And this was important for me um, coming into the role as CEO because I was now coming into a role that two other very successful, very brilliant women had already held. And here I was coming in and I'm like, oh my God, I have to be just as great. But I realized that I didn't have to be great in the same way that they were great. I had to bring my greatness. 
And I had just gone on this healing journey and I wanted to bring wellness to entrepreneurship. And I wanted to be the wellness CEO. And I'm like, it's not about investment for me. That's not my strength. It's about how do I support these entrepreneurs to be whole, bring their whole selves to their work? How do I help Mm -hmm. them to do work that's meaningful for them? So that was important for me to find that kind of zone of genius and bring that. Um, The third one was significance. What was significant to me in my life? Am I doing work that's meaningful? Some people call it purpose. Purpose was just too big a word for me. But what was significant? What mattered to me? Which went back into my childhood, which went back into what are the things that I want to teach? I want to learn and, and, and leave a mark on this world. And I thought about myself as a parent and I thought, what are the two things that if I could teach my children only these two things or this one thing, what would it be? And it's self-love, how to love themselves and to know themselves. And that's a path that I went on. And I knew that this is what I needed to bring. And this is what would be important and significant to me. So if I can continue to spread the word about self-discovery, self-awareness, as well as self-care and self-love to any job, any work that I do, then I'm going to be in alignment with myself and my values. And the fourth one is service. The fourth S is service. And that's just pulling it all together and making this contribution. How am I contributing? And I felt like this was a missing for me. So I could do self-care at home. I could do these um, practices that would prevent burnout. But when I wasn't doing work that put me in an environment that was good for me, that was using my strengths, that was significant work to me, and I could use that and be of service to my community, I was always going to be triggered back into that place where I was feeling stressed. Because when we do work that is not in alignment with ourselves, our strengths, etc., you're going to be stressed because something is off. And that is what happened. Yeah, here's a question. You just spurred a question for me when you talked about the word purpose being too big. I often think about the fact that um, we're told and we hear, and I think we put it on ourselves, that we all need to um, change the world, make the world a better place, cure homelessness, world peace, right? These big, big, heavy ideas. And my question for you is, do you believe that we are not obligated as human beings to change the world, make the world a better place? We're only obligated to, I'll use your word, heal our individual selves. And if more people were in that place, the world would inevitably become a better place. Uh, That's exactly what I think. Um, And I think that because I think one leads to the other. When we start with self, we start within, then we can shine our light outward. And that will be the service. So once we start doing that inner work and stop thinking, how can I heal the world? How can I fix everything? Fix everyone's problems. Fix your own. Fix yourself. Because once you are fixed, once you are healed, once you're in alignment, you're going to do the work that's going to help others. And I think that was important. Sorry. No, I just, because I think women in particular take on the burden of feeling obligated or morally obligated to um, make everything better for everyone. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's something that women have. So of course, some men, but we're talking specifically about women. We have this tendency to be the martyr, to be the mother, to nurture and want to be selfless. But selflessness does not mean that you have to be you have to remove yourself first. You can do 
right by you and you can do right by others. And I think that we need to look within because a lot of the time people do work that they think is selfless and they are resentful on the inside. Mm, and, yes. you know, and, and that will continue and grow. So absolutely agree with what you said. Work on yourself first and then do the outside work, then do the yeah. external work. Um, we're going to go into our last break. And when we come back, we should talk about the work that you're doing at the center yeah. um, and, and the women and the men that you're helping. Stay with us for our watch team, and I'll be back with Laurieann Ainsworth. Women to watch. Sports watch. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Jen Welter, and you are listening to Sports Watch. Moms and dads, it is important to realize that it's not the same for a girl to dream some of these things as it is for a boy because, first of all, a lot of the times those girls don't see those dreams um, reflected in the world through the lens the same way that boys do, right? We tell a girl she can do anything or be anything, but then the world shows her something very different, particularly in the world of sports. Um, you know, it's a, a known barrier that, 4% of traditional media coverage goes to uh, women's sports versus men's sports. So let's say, you know, you tell your daughter she has the same opportunities in sports as the boys do, but then she can't see herself or someone who looks like her or someone playing her sport on TV as easily as she might see it for a boy. She looks at the storylines in movies doesn't see herself reflected in the same kind of big blockbusters as the boys. She plays video games and doesn't see herself as a playable character. And so it's not going to happen the same way in terms of just normal socialization where she gets to just fall into those examples of women who are doing what it is that she wants to do. Follow me and all my adventures, or you could say misadventures, on Welter47 on Instagram or at jwelter47 on Twitter. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me. Um, I'm having a wonderful conversation with Laurie Ann Ainsworth. Um, and again, if you're coming in late, she's the CEO of the Richard Branson Center of Entrepreneurship Caribbean. Let's talk about what you do as yeah. the CEO of this um, charitable organization, I'll say. Yeah, so we are a nonprofit. And of course, we were started by our founder, Richard Branson, um, in Montego Bay, which is our second city here in Jamaica. We since moved to um, Kingston. We are 10 years old this year, wow. September 8th, we turned 10. And the work that we've been doing for this, these 10 years has been supporting entrepreneurs in the Caribbean to grow their businesses, to support the Caribbean economy. And we've shifted many times in doing that work. Is it, can I ask you, is financially supporting or with resources and tools or a combination of both? A combination. So we have a three-pronged approach. So we start with um, first training. So we support entrepreneurs to up their business acumen because not every entrepreneur has done business or can be a great Mm -hmm. CEO. You know, maybe they're an innovator. Um, But yeah, so we start with training and then we have mentorship and coaching, which has been an 
crucial part of our program. And then thirdly, access to finance. So we carry them through those three prongs throughout our program um, to support them depending on what they need in their particular businesses. But we rely heavily on global um, experts who are mentors and coaches to support the entrepreneurs that we've been working with. And that's just been an amazing part of our program. You know, um, I would imagine there's not anyone listening who doesn't know the name Richard Branson, and he's a very unique human being, (laughs) um, incredibly successful financially. Is there something you've learned from him um, that comes to the forefront of your mind? Yeah. So, you know, it's very interesting. You know, you see Richard and he's this charismatic person and he's just so bubbly. And it was very interesting, you know, having met him that, you know, he's quite introverted. He's a very, you know, um, he's a person who has a lot of depth. And when I remember doing this, this personality test, I love personality tests. And one of them was about entrepreneur dynamics and mine came up as a creator and the person that they matched me, you know, who you're most like Richard Branson. And I thought that's so, you know, that was cool because, you know, having met this person and realized, you know, you can be so extroverted and such a big personality in front of the camera or wherever, but then you get your energy and your creativity by being, you know, kind of going within. And Mm. he, I love his personality in terms of screw business as usual. I don't know if I can say that, but that's our motto at the Branson Center. You know, it's just like do things differently, do things your way. And that's kind of what I've been carrying. No, find out who you are, be you and be unapologetic about it. And that's how he's run his businesses. That's how he's created, you know, this amazing empire by being him. He doesn't like ties. He comes to meetings with his white T-shirt and he can still be an amazing entrepreneur business person and that's what I want that's what I've learned from him and it's amazing being in such close proximity to his brand and seeing it for yourself and realizing that it is possible for you to break the rules not follow the status quo choose to find out who you are choose to do good in this world use your strengths and that is what will support you moving forward authentically and making you feel good about it. You know, that is what I get from Richard, from his brand, from his daughter, Holly, who's also running the company now. It's just very amazing being a part of this fantastic brand. You know, I think it's probably the most important lesson to learn in life is that we're not supposed to be following the masses right? And doing what society tells us we're supposed to do. Why do you think it's so hard for people to tap into that originality and and really live the life that they want? I'll tell you why I think, because we're not told we can as kids. And this goes right back to the first segment. What happened to you as a child? We don't spend enough time, our education system, us as parents, us as people who are influencing young minds, to tell them about self-awareness, to tell them, to teach them about it, because you have to discover who you are. We've come into this world as unique individuals. And anyone who is a parent, you can see, you know, one child is different to the other. They're not the same. So we've come Mm -hmm. in here very uniquely. And if we don't say to them, hey, that's special. Hey, that is an amazing talent. What do you want to do with it? 
Instead, we have go to school, learn these subjects. Here's what you can be. You know, we have created a box for them. So I think that's why we as adults, we were not told that it was okay. We weren't told it was okay. It's so true. I think about my own upbringing in Catholic school, all wearing the same thing, all walking with our hands folded, all with the veil on the head, right? We're all, this is how you're supposed to behave and live. And it is the complete opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, exactly. I grew up Catholic too. Um, And, you know, not just religion, But, you know, there are so many other things that happen in life. I I appreciate tradition. I appreciate, you know, that you can carry tradition with you. But I feel like we need to make it okay for children to express who they are within the bounds of being able to teach them, you know, to be good citizens, to be people who have compassion. Because, you know, you can it can go in the opposite direction. Yeah. So I think that we have to create those boundaries and also the flexibility. Yeah, we just have one minute left, yeah. Laurieann, and, and love you to just leave the <laughs> listeners with, um, when you mentioned spirituality, what is it that you lean on daily, spiritually, um, that keeps you strong? I Meditation is a huge part of my life. It's something I teach my children. It's something that we practice together, tapping within. For me, spirituality is knowing that God is within me, universe, spirit source whatever you want to call it and i can tap into that on my own and in my quiet time and whenever i need it so i don't have to rely on anyone else or any external factors to do that and that is a part of my spirituality so i get quiet i get still and stillness is important Mm -hmm. for me yeah, that's where the answers are. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I am so grateful that you came on and shared your story, and I wish you continued success. You're really doing important work and touching a lot of women in particular. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for having me on, Sue. I really appreciate it. This was a, such a great talk. I mean, it felt like it was two minutes. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. (laughs) That is it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you for listening and stay tuned next week for my interview with Dr. Bruce Perry, excuse me, co-author with Oprah Winfrey of the book, What Happened to You. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.